Hello and good morning. Uh, we're here for Wisdom Wednesday. I am your host, Eden Middleton. We are recording from the beautiful Faith and Spirituality Center on the fourth floor of McEwen Hall at University of Calgary. It's a gorgeous, rainy fall day, and I'm here with Ishmaeli Trepanier. Did it right. We've we've already recorded this intro once, uh, and so Ishmaeli is a fourth-year poli-sci student who chose their field to make a difference and change in people's lives. Shmaley has volunteered with the Faith and Spirituality Center for three years, is co-chair of the Canadian Jewish Political Affairs Committee Fellowship, and the Vice President of Political Engagement for Calgary Hillel. Shmaley enjoys hiking and cuddling with cats, and the worst wisdom she's ever been offered is when people say, be yourself. Like, what does that even mean? Welcome, Shmaley! Thank you so much, Eden. It's like so awesome to be here and I'm so honored that somebody looked at me and said, yeah, you have wisdom because sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Of course you have wisdom to share. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, so, oh, headphones are falling everywhere. Uh, We're going to ask folks to give us a little grace during this podcast. This is the first podcast. This is the, what is that called? Preannual? Sure. Sure, that's not what it's called. I have no idea. <laughs> inaugural. This is our inaugural there podcast. You know. <laughs> uh, and killing we're it. we're keeping it nice and casual. Um, so in our kind of pre-interview, we talked about uh, what you would want to talk about, mm-hmm. and you voiced that you wanted to start with kind of your like family and childhood and how you grew up. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, so. I kind of had a weird upbringing in terms of, like, Judaism, um, because most most times you'll, you'll, like, hear that people are part of this community, and they, you know, we gravitate, like, Jewish people are very community-focused, we gravitate towards each other all the time. Uh, My family did the opposite, so just before I was born, uh, my family moved to Canada from France, and they chose um, small-town Alberta, Grand Prairie where the total Jewish population was seven, and it was all my family. You know, like, you know, it was, you know, my grandparents, my three brothers, or my my two brothers and I, and my parents. So there was seven of us. That was it. We had no community, no rabbi, uh, which was really weird because, you know, for me growing up, my Jewish teaching, it came from my grandfather because uh, his father had been a rabbi. So he, you know, had some knowledge and he, you know, still practices pretty orthodox Judaism. So it all came from him and what my parents like perception of a good Jew should be, which was really weird because when I came to Calgary, it was like, wow, my perception of what a Jew should be is so different because I didn't grow up with that community. But um, it was still like a really good time. Like I, you know, grew up kosher and, um, we celebrated all the holidays and my grandfather would do like a makeshift like Shabbat service and we always had a lot of fun with that. Um, but I never really like connected with Judaism until I left. And I think, you know, part of that was cause I didn't have a community, but the other part of it was like, you know, I've, I've heard it now. Like so many people say to me now, like, Oh, Jew do you. And it's like beautiful and I love that sentiment, but like growing up, that's not something that I heard. It was like, you know, very like structured, you have to be like this in order to be a Jew. And I was like, wow, I don't like that. And then of course, um, growing up in such a small town, 
in northern Alberta, there was not a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. Like, in our high school, we had, like, a couple of, like, Hindi students and one Muslim student. And, like, my brothers and I were, like, the three Jewish students. And that was it. Like, everybody else was some form of Christian or Catholic or just not religious at all. And we were very much, like, the minority. And it was such a weird experience, you know, in a high school, like, oh, we can't come to school today because it's Yom Kippur. And everybody's like, well, what the hell is that? Like, what does that even mean? They had no concept of it. And, you know, had never met a Jew before in their life until we showed up. So it was a very interesting time. Um, But when I moved to Calgary, you know, I was really nervous at first to join a lot of the the Jewish community here because of that like preconception of what a Jew needs to look like. So so what did that preconception look like? Like what were the top three rules of what what a Jew looks like? Ooh, okay, well you you had to like always attend your services. Like you you had to show up, which I have since learned is not the thing. Um, you know, and like a good Jew is like always kosher. Um always you know very very focused on success to the point where like we're all very anxious people Mm. um and like for my family it was also you know like you had to follow like all of the laws to a t like me getting my first tattoo i nearly gave like my mother a heart attack like she and for you know people listening to this i now have seven (laughs) And many, many piercings as well. And, like, according, you know, to Jewish law, that's not a thing. Like, most communities are like, no, you won't get buried in a Jewish cemetery if you have tattoos. Which, if you ask any rabbi, that's a straight-up lie. Um, But, you know, that's, like, the thing that I grew up with. Is, like, you know, you had these very, like, strict things. You have to maintain kosher. You have to go to services. You can't, like, there was just certain rules that you had to live by. And, like... You know, for example, like, I'm 21 years old, and I've never eaten pork in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be honest, from what I've heard from other people, I'm not missing out on much, and I'm perfectly happy. Yeah, I would agree with that. Pork is, like, yeah, not like my it's, top tier of meats. Yeah, like, you know, you know, the only people, the only thing that, like, people judge on is, like, not eating bacon. But, like, I'm pretty happy with turkey bacon, so that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I had never met a Jew that, you know had eaten pork before and then I you know joined Halal and everybody's like yeah I've tried bacon or like you know I tried this and I'm like oh my god like and you weren't like cast out from the community like immediately because you had a piece of bacon like once and they were like like you know they kind of look at me like what are you talking about of course we weren't but that was like so strange to me because like you know my parents would send me off to sleepovers and like they would call my friend's parents and be like, you cannot even have bacon cooking in the house while she's there. Like, wow. they they were that, those kind of parents. And, like, you know, that's fine. And, you know, we turned out all right, obviously, and I love my parents. But, like, it was, you know, really weird to come in to Calgary and it's like, hey, you can, like, nobody cares. You are Jewish and that's literally all that matters. And you know, you can be who you are in any way that you choose. And I thought that was really great. Um, So yeah, after like I joined the Jewish community here, like I I got so much more comfortable. Um, 
And I realized, like, you know, I don't have to follow these, you know, as I'm talking, I realize I hate everything I'm saying. That's, why do you hate everything you're saying? Talk us through that. I, I don't know. Like, I just, it feels, like, too motivational. Like, I don't feel like I'm a motivational person. And I'm like, yeah, Judy, you, but, you know, like, realistically, you're going to have struggles with who you are and who you want to be and what people expect of you. Um, and you know what? I think this is a good time to talk about, like, my grandfather is the, like, the person for me. He Mm -hmm. is the person that I go to with everything. And he's, like, always been, like, the shining light in the dark for me. And, you know, even though you would think, like, he's a pretty strict, like, orthodox and his, you know, his father was a rabbi, you would think that he has, like, the same, like, preconceptions that my parents do. But he, he doesn't. And it's so interesting to have a conversation with him because he's so open. And what I mean by that is, you know, one day he picked up the phone and called me and it was a really weird time because the first thing he said to me was, you're really bad at being a Jew. Hmm. And I was like, I mean, okay, I've got, like, several piercings and several tattoos, but please explain more. And he's like, you don't complain enough. Jews need to <laughs> Jews need to complain. You don't complain. Yeah. And I was like, is that the only thing that I'm bad at for, you know, bad at being a Jew for? And he's like, yeah, you start complaining more. And I'm like, you know, like, what, is, what does that even mean? Like, first of all, why do Jews have to complain so much? I don't understand. Sometimes we can just suck it up. But to have somebody that means so much to you in your life just be like, okay, this is, you know, completely irrelevant, but I'm going to pick you up for it and be like, hey, why don't you do this? And it's like, you know, not really relevant to being Jewish. You know, most people, when you think about being a Jew, your first, you know, the top like 30 things you're going to list, not one of them is going to be complaining. Oh, see, that's so interesting that you say that because I know for me, one of the cultural yeah I guess it's a it's a stereotype but also I've met many Jewish people that are like this but like that idea of like you complain well and you argue well and Mm -hmm. you're okay with it at the end of the day versus um complaining being how do I want to articulate this complaining as like meaning that you're being negative or a downer Mm -hmm. or something that's really socially frowned upon whereas in Judaism it's celebrated well Um, see and i get what you're saying but i don't think that's necessarily like complaining i think so like i yeah what you're what you're saying i don't think i would describe that as complaining i think that um you know we have like holidays like passover where you know some literally one of the parts of it is is we argue over our scripts Hmm. we you know read it and we you know talk about different interpretations and like some people might you know might view that as complaining but I I wouldn't it's passionately arguing you know like we are we're having a passionate conversation about things that matter to us and I think that's kind of that's what a lot of Jews do and I guess you know some people might consider that complaining but like I I wouldn't because you know to me complaining is like oh I didn't get the like the the soda that I wanted and I'm going to complain about it. Like I'm going to bring it up every five minutes. That's, that's not what Jews do. You know, we're, 
we're, you know, very in the moment, very present. We're like, okay, let's, we've got like five things wrong and we need to fix it. Let's talk about it. Let's like have this conversation. Let's have this argument because we're all passionate about this topic or whatever. Like that's, I think that's what it is mostly is just like, we're passionate. We, there's so many Jews that I know that are like, first and foremost, they're ready to change the world just constantly in their own really unique ways. And I think it's beautiful. And when you actually like sit down and have a conversation with them, like, yeah, we tend to get really loud and, you know, we talk about it a lot because we're really passionate. Like we are. And that's one thing that I really love about being a Jew and being in this community is like, you can talk to anybody about anything and they've got at least five things that they're ready to like passionately argue with. Like on the fly, no notice, they're ready to go. And I'm like, I love that. Like what's more special than being able to sit down with somebody and have that passionate conversation? Yeah, no, that's, that's such a lovely articulation of that. Um, I know we've said it 12 times, but the passion mm-hmm. I think is... Yeah, perhaps maybe some of the wisdom that you have to offer us today uh, to to circle it back to our title. I'm really curious uh, in in when you were talking through uh, and you've said this phrase like "Jew do you" and which I love. I haven't heard it until we've been sitting down together, and I love it a lot. Uh, and this kind of journey where you encountered Hillel, you've encountered other. Jewish students and Jewish people, uh, and you found this community that you maybe didn't have in Grand Prairie, where it was only your family. And I'm wondering if there was a moment that, like, shocked you, that was really difficult, that made you kind of doubt and and wrestle with... um, Wrestle with God. Yeah, (laughs) wrestle with God in the very uh, (laughs) Jewish Jewish world of the way. Yeah. Mm, a moment that I wrestled with. Um, I feel like this was difficult for me because, like, as I became more connected with, like, the Jewish community, I, you know, was also just getting used to, like, being in university, being in Calgary. So it was, like, it's a lot of really harsh changes all at once. Mm. Um, and that was really difficult for me. But um, one thing that, you know, was really difficult to grasp for me um was how non-judgmental everybody was you know like I encountered Danielle and Danielle is the well director she's a um uh faith representative at the faith and spirituality center as well when I encountered her and you know she saw my tattoos and all my piercings whatever and like she herself has many piercings Mm -hmm. and she has tattoos and like I just encountered her and I'm like you're Jewish. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, I'm also Jewish. And she's like, yes, you are. And like, there was no, there was no judgment in how I looked, how I acted, anything. And there was like, you know, she, I was just kind of like, I'm Jewish. And she was like, yes, you are. And I'm like, you don't need any proof. Like, you don't require me to like prove to you that I'm Jewish in any, in any way. And she, you know, like, I never, I don't think I've ever voiced that to her, but it was just, Every person that I met, especially in the Jewish community, I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm Jewish. And they're like, yeah, you are. Cool. And I'm like, that's so strange to me that 
because like I grew up with my parents like you know they're they're of the mindset that it's better to be just not Jewish at all than to be anything other than Orthodox which is ironic considering my mom is now a convert to or a convert to I want to say Catholicism I actually can't remember at this moment but you know she's a convert she's no longer like religiously Jewish and so like it's it's weird to me that like you know we spent my whole life where you know my parents are like well if you're not going to be orthodox just don't be anything like you can't like you're not jewish right and like you know i am part of the reform community and my you know that's like so beyond my parents understanding they're like no you're just not jewish and versus like both of my brothers being atheists and they're like yeah they're still jewish they still got it and i'm like what what do you mean? But they, you know, my parents cast so much judgment on, you know, other Jews within our community. Like, for what? And that's why, like, the phrase, like, Jew do you really, really stuck with me. And, like, I actually only heard it, like, a year ago from um, uh, one of the people that I met at CJ Pack. That was, like, the first time I'd ever heard it. But, like, I really loved that phrase because I grew up in such a world where it's like, no, Jew, don't do you. Like, that's, no, you have, like, set standards, you're Orthodox, blah, blah, blah. And, like, if you want to be an Orthodox Jew, go for it. It's beautiful. And, like, every part of Judaism is beautiful. But, you know, if you want to be secular and, you know, not super part of the community or you just want to do your thing and be like, at the end of the day, I am Jewish. Like, you're doing fantastic at that point. Like, to me, at this point, you know, 16-year-old me would not agree with that statement at all. But I've learned, like, you know, we need to stop casting judgment on ourselves. Like, we're already a small enough minority. We don't need to make it smaller by saying the only Jews are Orthodox. Like, that's, that's not the vibe that we're going for here. And... So, like, for me, yeah, it was absolutely the, the, how non-judgmental everybody was. That was really hard for me to grasp because, you know, I went so much of my life with my parents judging anybody who wasn't, like, strict orthodox. And that, you know, it's kind of sad to me in that way because it's like, there, we are such a rich and diverse community and, like, the fact that we can't just... You know, there's there's so many people in our community that it's like, okay, if you're not this, you're just not Jewish. It's like, what do you mean? Like, if somebody says they're a Jew, they're a Jew, and that's beautiful. And that's really all that matters. And yeah, that took me a while to grasp. I've got it now. I'm like, yeah, we really love this. But, you know, 18-year-old me was like, I don't even know what to do with this information. Like, right. It's just, it is so boring. And so what do you think has allowed you to kind of make that switch to this uh, I want to say almost like radical acceptance and embracing of uh, people wherever they're at in their Jewishness like what was there a, a moment where kind of the switch flipped was it a gradual thing that you didn't know was happening until you were like oh I'm like Danielle now I also <laughs> believe in you do you um okay so I feel like it was a more of a gradual thing that I didn't really notice was happening. Um, and I think, like, the the really, like, defining parts of it um, 
was so there's like a couple a couple things so like meeting Danielle and like joining Halal that was one like being exposed to all all these members of the Jewish community and you know meeting them and just being like yes we're all Jews here like this is this is what it is and that was really eye-opening for me um just being at the faith and spirituality center like in general and meeting so many different people of so many different faiths in a different spot in their journey every single time that you talk to them it was like really just eye-opening in that you know i saw so many people you know wrestle with their own faiths uh experience their journeys in so many different ways that it was like you know you might not be like you know the person i'm talking to might be like a devout muslim but they are still experiencing things with their faith and their journey that I might have personally experienced too, or just telling me about it in a way that it's like, hey, actually, I kind of feel that way, or hey, that's making me rethink who I am and the journey that I'm on, right? Like you, you're receiving wisdom from so many different people in different stages of their lives. And it's, that was really one way, because it's like, you know, every single time I talk to a person, they're in a new stage and being able to explore that stage with them was really beautiful for me because it allowed me to explore a new stage of my own journey mm -hmm. which was like this is fantastic like you were you know growing in your own faith journey with people who are not of the same faith as you and they don't you know they might not have the same religion or you know you could be polar opposite people but you are still allowing yourselves to grow in some way from one conversation and it was really fantastic um another way definitely my rabbi my rabbi rabbi glickman he yeah he really pushed that aside he was like no like you need to chill like <laughs> he was he was definitely defining in that moment but um and just even being in that community like i said i i had my bat mitzvah at um, my great-grandfather's old synagogue um, in France, like, it's eight years ago now. Oh my god, I feel old. Um, but, like, I had it, like, eight years ago in a synagogue in France that I've been to, like, maybe six times in my life. And, you know, it's supposed to be a community thing. When you, when you celebrate that, like, coming of age, it's a community thing. You're surrounded by people that you love and doing things that you love and celebrating your journey so far and you know when I had it at a synagogue that I was kind of you know it had some like personal connections with it my my grandfather was really happy we had it there but like realistically it was a community that I was unfamiliar with and becoming familiar with the community here has been so helpful like it just like not even in my own personal growth but just like overcoming like not wrong teachings but teachings I don't agree with like things that you know it's like all right that doesn't really match my vibe so we're gonna change it up now like I I'm not here for it kind of thing right like right. it's like you know that works for some people great but it wasn't what I wanted and being exposed to a stable community where I actually felt like I belonged that was that was huge for me like being able to just sit here and be like hey I know you and like this is really cool for me and I can see you every Saturday and see you at high holidays and like have a random conversation on a Tuesday without you know feeling like we're strangers yeah what a like 
I'm like sitting here kind of awestruck at this wonderful articulation you've offered about uh, like because I've also had this experience at the Faith and Spirituality Center and yeah just what a wonderful articulation of the value and the importance of community in understanding and and that desire to feel seen for who you are uh, and how we can find that both in interfaith contexts and also that there are communities of faith out there that exist that will see you for who you are, I think is such a, a phenomenal message. To, it's a phenomenal message offer. and it's a phenomenal feeling. Mm. Like anybody that has had that feeling before, it's, it's fantastic. Like you just, you feel so like your soul is just enriched. Like you, you know, for the first time might maybe feel like you know where you belong. And you know what you're doing, which is, like, such a weird feeling because what is life? What are we doing? Like, where do we really yeah, belong? Yeah. Like, all those existential questions, the good ones. But, like, it's a, such a powerful feeling. And if you haven't had it yet, I so recommend that you, you know, start reaching out to people and going and doing things out of your comfort zone because, like, sometimes it'll surprise you. Mm-hmm. I never thought to have, like, such powerful and, like, enriching feelings at an interface I never thought that that was where it was going to come from. And yet, like, you know, I've been a volunteer at the Faith and Spirituality Center for three years. Um, I was a co-op student here for a year. And I just, I fell in love with this place. And it's such, like, it's a home away from home. And I, you know, I step in here and it's like, I feel safe. And I feel seen. And I feel like I belong. And, you know, every single new person that steps in here, I'm like, I want you to know that you are safe and you belong and you are seen. Because it's like, after I've experienced this, how do I not want anybody else to experience this? Right. You know, and, you know, their experience might be different and they might come about it in a different way and that's phenomenal, but, like, I want to, like, you know, help them into a place that they experience what I have, that sense of, like, belonging, because it's so important. No matter, you know, no matter who you are or what faith you belong to or if you belong to a faith at all, that feeling of being seen and that belonging is so powerful, no matter what. Yeah. So as as a person who has like experienced that really powerful belonging, and as a person who has stepped into leadership roles mm-hmm. uh, with, we were reading your bio and joking that it was all very Jewish and very political. Uh, you're certainly, I would say, a leader here at the FSC. Uh, so what do you do as a person to like foster that community of belonging for others? What do you think are the most important kind of like traits or actions that the person can take to create that community uh, for themselves and for others? Mm, okay. Um, well, I mean, just like genuine openness. Mm. Like you, when you're creating this kind of community in this space, it's like you, you need to be open to anything and everything and you know you don't necessarily have to agree with it but just listen and engage regardless and always have that like positive outlook and like don't shut people down immediately and you know especially when I think about um uh the faith and spirituality center I hate small talk (laughs) I don't want to have it I don't care so, like, when somebody, when I meet somebody new, you know, 
if it, like, when I meet somebody new through, like, CJ Pack, I'm like, I want to know, like, every single story of your political history ever. Like, tell me all of it. Because it's like, you know, that's not small talk. And also, I'm interested in politics, so I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. But when somebody comes into the Faith and Spirituality Center, you know, you don't necessarily know what their um, hobbies and their interests are immediately. My favorite thing is just to, like, we're, you know, I'm trademarked for having weird conversations at the FSE. Yes. But, like, I love it. Because, first of all, it's not small talk. I don't care what you think of the weather today. I just don't. <laughs> what I care about is how do you react? And how do you appreciate these weird topics, these philosophical experiments, these, like, you know, social debates that we're having? What do you think? Well, like, what's your passion? What... What do you care about? Who are you? And I feel like that's so, you know, when somebody new comes in or when you want to be like that guiding light to people, small talk isn't the way to do it. You, you know, you start out just, even if you've just learned that person's name, you start out as if you've been friends since the beginning of time. Right. And you just like, it just bypass, you know, like eventually, yeah, you're going to learn what their favorite color is and what kind of weather they like and that kind of thing. You're going to learn it eventually. But that's not where you start building real connections. The building the real connections and having these kinds of journeys come from the deep and meaningful conversations. So why not just start there? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, somebody, yeah, if you're doing something nice and creating a gift for somebody, knowing their favorite color might be really helpful. But... I think it's so much more important to see that person in their soul than it is to know their favorite color. Yeah, yeah. I think, again, such wonderful and articulate answers. Uh, We're reaching kind of the end of our time together. Sadly, it's really (laughs) flown by. Uh, And so first of all, like, thank you for offering us uh, your story and uh, your wisdom and your despisement that's not a word Uh, (laughs) but we're gonna make it a word your despisement of small talk uh because i think i think that's uh it's it's almost like a fake it till you make it mentality of yeah hey like i'm gonna act like we're best friends and eventually we will become best friends because i'm acting like that uh and yeah i really i really appreciate the mentality of non-judgmentalness like if i were to I'm pretty sure the title of this episode is going to be Jew Do You. Uh, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that sentiment and that ethos of being open and seeing people where they are and the value of that and the effect that it's had mm-hmm. on you as a person. And then how lovely that you get to turn around and extend that to, to other so people. many others. I, yeah. I think that's the most powerful feeling. It's like, you know, you've, you've experienced this enrichment and it's like, I am on a path that I am so happy with and I am so excited to extend that to other people and help them. You know, even like, even if I am not a major part of their path into, you know, the spiritual beyond or whatever, whatever it is that they're doing, I am just so happy to have been a moment, so happy to, you know, led them somewhere that they never expected and end up, you know, super happy and content with their lives. Like, to me, that's, I might never see that person again. I might never talk to them. But even just being a moment is like, that's, that's huge to impact a person that way. Wow. 
what a phenomenal moment to end our podcast on. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having uh, and me. Yeah, I really look forward to people being able to hear your story. <laughs>